Welcome to 68 Shining Moments presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Today, we catch up with Ed Pinckney and Harold Jensen from that incredible 1985 Villanova team that won the national title. All right, now pleased to be joined by uh, two of the heroes from the uh, the Cinderella 1985 Villanova Wildcat team and uh, Eddie Pinckney, Harold Jensen. I appreciate you guys joining me and uh, to relive and I know you've relived it many a time, relive that that memorable season, uh, tournament, game. Let me start. Can I start with something, Eddie? Of, of I want to know how, with all that talent, how you guys got a number nine seed. That's, you know, that's a question that not many people ask because, uh, uh, you know, the, the focus is always on the actual game and how we got there and, Massimino's brilliance in coaching us up to that point, but we were um, not a very good team. We weren't playing our best basketball during the regular uh, parts of the season. And there were a number of reasons why we, over the course of um, a year or two, lost some great leadership. I mean, we were just talking about John Pannone, Stu Granger, Mike Mulquin. Those guys were incredible leaders. Um, there was a guy by the name of Frank Happy Dobbs who was on um, our roster. Um, you know, he, he's not noted as like a great player, um, but a great Villanova and a, like a ridiculous leader. So we lost all those guys and we were playing very uneven even basketball during the season. We'd be good teams. We'd play tough, but we never could could put a consistent uh, stretch of games together and, you know, it left us with the nine seed. Now, when I say we lost some games, we lost to the number one team twice in the country. We lost to the number two team twice in the country. Four of our losses were to the best teams in the land. So we weren't playing cupcakes. We weren't getting upset. We were losing to Georgetown and St. John's and those were, um, you know, amounting to our losses, you know, on top of how good Boston College was, how good, you know, uh, Providence was, Seat Hall. I mean, the Big East was absolutely brutal at Love that Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. Love Pittsburgh. Pitt. Pittsburgh was amazing. I mean, that was a great yeah. team. So, so Harold, take me through that first game. You get in the NCAA tournament, uh, you're an eight seed, you guys draw Dayton in Dayton, right? And, yeah. You know, that doesn't happen anymore in the NCAA tournament. I mean, that tournament was so different, right? You could play a team on their home court, number one. No yeah. shot clock. Um, you know, obviously you guys, no three-point shot. I mean, it was it was totally different than, than what you're watching these days, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know, looking back on that, I, I'm pretty sure that was the last year that teams could play on their home court in the tournament. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, they had won 14 or 15 games in a row on their home court. So we knew we were in for a, a battle. And I think we were kind of similar, kind of similar styles, um, uh, similar physically, you know, similar size to them. So it was a really, I mean, it, it was a two point game, right? So it was a very, very even matchup. And, uh, you know, Coach Mass, I think maybe turning the tide a little bit. Coach Mass was um, known for winning first games in tournaments if he had a little bit of time to prepare. So, um, you know, we felt confident um, coming into it, I think. But, um, 
you know, it was, it was going to be a really tough and it was a very tough matchup for us for sure. So take me through what happened at the end of that game. And I know <laughs> your confidence hadn't been up here all year. And no, not at all. play at the end of the game. Take me through kind of that for you mentally. Sure. What you had gone through that season and to make that play at the end of the game, which people forget to some degree, you don't make that play. You got no chance of, of playing for a national title. Yeah, you know, um, I was I had a very slow start in college, um, struggled freshman year um, and, you know, was up and down sophomore season, spent some really um, great time, quality time with Coach Mass during the season. And he really worked on me. You know, I was, I was, I was a mental, I was a challenge <laughs> mentally for <laughs> a handful to say the least. And he, along with, with Eddie, Dwayne, Gary, the guys, and you know, Eddie always defers uh, as a humble guy to the others, but Eddie and Dwayne and Gary were great leaders in their own ways, which was really interesting. Um, and th they um, supported me every bit as much as coach mass did to give me just a positive vibe, a positive feeling when I got into games, uh, you know, down the stretch that year and in the tournament and said, Hey, if you're open, you got to shoot the ball, right? We need you to, you know, be looking at the basket to, to put the ball up and then just play solid, be aggressive, play solid, be confident. And, you know, hearing that from those guys who I looked up to so much and from coach mass, you know, it just gave me kind of the confidence. And, and in that specific situation, when we were holding the ball and looking for a good opportunity, there was, I saw lane really. And it was just, you know, a split second decision to try and get to the bucket. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously turned out good. So you, you get through that one. Thank goodness. <laughs> My man made that cut. He, he, he cut into that lane and made that play. Cause I mean, like, you know, every you know, one of the things we would always talk about during the, the season was the tournament. You know, Massimino did a fantastic job preparing the team. Like you never felt you weren't ready. Like yeah. you just always felt ready to play um in in the most uh sick environments um in in the country during the tournament, man. It was always a lot of fun to 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 get to that point for us. For so sure. you, you get through, and, and and none of them are like, right? I mean, you beat uh, Michigan, you beat mm -hmm. Maryland, you get Carolina and, and Birmingham, right? That was a huge one, wasn't it? And and mm -hmm. Yeah. Wasn't there some, like, memorable speech, halftime speech by, <laughs> by, by Raleigh on, on that? Like, what was that, like a spaghetti speech or something weird? <laughs> you guys remember we, this? We were – I mean, I'll, I'll jump in for a quick second and then, Eddie, please, but – um, first half, I think 22, 17, we're losing, um, playing just not to lose. Okay. Right. And, um, just not having fun, you know, and he could see it and he, he came in in his usual way, all messed up and, you know, <laughs> the hair all over the place. And, he just sat there and he looked at us. He said, guys, if this means this much to you that you just can't go out and and play and and enjoy the game that you love and that you're so good at. He said, I'd rather be home with my family, with Mary Jane, you know, with with a big 
dish of pasta and clam sauce and and you know a pile of cheese on it or whatever <laughs> he's like that's what i'd rather be doing i'd rather be you know that like that that that's it why do we have to do this you know why do we have to suffer through this you know and just relax go out and do your thing and Eddie, jump in. I mean, I, that's kind of the, the way I, I looked at it, you know, or remember it. Um, and he was, um, he kind of, you know, popped the balloon. And, you know, he, he just, he, he helped us kind of see that it, it, it was a game, you know. Um, and we were a completely different team in the second half, for sure. So Eddie, we can act him is <laughs> really difficult. Like yeah. the only teammate I have probably that could come close to reenacting his halftime speech during that game is RC Massimino, who I talked to yesterday, like mm-hmm. probably the only guy that could come close, but like Massimino just had a way about him. I mean, he, he, he connected, he made a point of connecting with all of us in his own yeah. way. Yeah. But you know, the speech for me made me relax because he, you know, just said, look, like, here we are, right? Nobody's expecting us to win, but I'm telling you guys, you're good enough to win. You're just good enough to win. I mean, and whether I we win this game or not, I would love where I would love to be right now before <laughs> after this game is eating this whole pasta thing. And he starts with the histrionics with his arms and his hair and he's <laughs> jumping up there. I mean, and, and we're all looking at him like this is yeah. for him, man. Before we continue that interview, I have to let you guys know that it's that time of year again. We waited two years for this moment and it's finally here. March's biggest tournament is back. Gonzaga is getting ready to run the table. Slippers are being fit as we speak. And our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, are putting our listeners at the center of the action. How? If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week, and that underdog wins, you win $256. That's right, $256. Here's how it works. Download the app now and use the promo code FIELD68 when you sign up. Scroll through the list of select underdogs, bet $4 on them to win, and cash $256 when they do. There's no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge to use than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So remember, the code is FIELD68, that's FIELD68, to turn $4 into $256. For a limited time only, must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're like, I mean, you're thinking you're going to come in and he's going to tell you X's and O's and what you got to do and all this stuff. And instead, Mm -hmm. he tells a story to kind of get you guys to think differently about. Absolutely. Because, you know, I mean, I've heard this told about him in talking with other coaches who've coached against him in both high school and college. The guy was a coach's coach, man. Yeah. I mean, there were many times after he left Villanova to go to UNLV, then eventually to Northwood where 
young college coaches who were in the game would seek him out for his knowledge of the multiples. I can't tell you, and, and Harold, maybe this happens to you. I don't know. I went to the NBA. There would be guys in the NBA that would come up to me and, and go like, yo, man, what kind of freaking defense were you guys playing? Like, you guys were always changing defenses. Like, you would, yeah. you know, play man to man. Yeah, and so many variations. Yeah. Look at the multiples, but it was like, and and I, I marvel at our team because we knew it. Yeah, like to teach to teach the multiples now. Like I talk to coaches all the time, and they're like, "You got to keep it simple." This guy was calling out twenty different defenses during the course of one game. I mean, it was yeah. we played. I, I mean. We all love Massimino to death. I mean, we just think – you're a college coach, you think the world of. But that dude can coach, man. He really yeah. excellent. And no, no wonder why Harold was a basket case. You're throwing all that at him. <laughs> all, those, all those defenses. Exactly. the double. Orange. You'd <laughs> be like, huh? <laughs> and you not, only, not only that, but I couldn't play defense to begin with. So now <laughs> – <laughs> you better remember every, you know, Gary McLean would be calling out because he, he knew all this. I mean, you know, hey, hey, man, we're in the one to double. What are you doing? And I mean, you would just go. It was unbelievable, man. The guy was just a, a fantastic coach. Yeah. So and he so kept you get to his... the final four. You get to the final four and you got Memphis State. What, what do you guys remember about <laughs> Just the again, we'll get to the Georgetown game because that's what everybody wants to, to hear. And, but, well, like, what was it like for you guys? You get to that Final Four. Are you now just playing with house money? Like, any great stories? We're playing with meal money, not house money. Because <laughs> <laughs> it kept going up. The further you went in the tournament, the more you got. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Eddie, Eddie knows that because as he went further, his draft stock went up and up and up, right? He I wasn't even yeah, thinking about sure. the draft. All I was thinking about was like the seven or eight dollars we would get so we could go to the Waffle House. <laughs> I'm like, we get seven more dollars? Oh my goodness! Oh my, I gotta, we got to win the game. <laughs> what, what, what was, what was yeah. that final four? Just the build up, the the that you were there that you because you, you guys hadn't the, the last few years in, in the program. You guys hadn't gotten over the hump of the Sweet 16. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it was something that the coaching staff and I, you know, I, I give all the credit to them in the world. You know, Mitch Bonagero, Marty Marback, you know, uh, I mean, those Harry guys. Booth, Steve, yeah, Harry Booth, Steve. Harry Booth. Harry yeah. Booth. They, all they talked about was like, we got to get to the final four and this is how we're going to do it. They would, they gave us a great, roadmap and you know we had an opportunity to do it but you know Clyde Drexler said not this time you know Michael Jordan the year before he said nah not this time elite eight good good for you guys but not the final four I mean like we ran into some buzz sores on the way to the final four um and look like you know nobody wanted it more for um, the other guys, but the, the but the the guys who came before, like you get, the, you know, guys would come back on campus and be like, 
man, you guys got to do it this year. You know, I mean, it was, it was like we had the team and then we had the guys who played before. I mean, it was just, it was a great, great environment to be in at that time. There was just so much togetherness from the coaching staff and the players and, you know, everybody wanted it for you. So, it, you know, I'm not going to say it made it easy because we had to play against some crazy teams, but, you know, you had a lot of people rooting for you, man. Harold, give me your greatest story going into that Final Four. Um, geez. Um, <clears throat> after beating Carolina uh, to, to get there, we came back to campus and Coach, <laughs> Coach said, hey, there's a, there's a few people that want to see us. <laughs> and um, there happened to be, you know, I don't know, 14,000 people. Maybe that's a little bit of an embellishment, but in, in the Jake Nevin Fieldhouse, which held about 1,800. Um, and we went in there, went back around. There was, a, you know, there was a stage on one end of that old gym where we used to play. And we went back in around. The curtain was closed. They pulled the curtain back, and it was just a sea of craziness <laughs> in front of us. And uh, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget each of us having a chance to say a couple things. And, you know, as, as crazy as it was, everybody was really listening. You know, they really wanted to hear what we had to say, but also, you know, to thank them for just incredible amount of support, you know, that, that they were giving us at that point in time. And um, Coach Mass said there, he said, we're not done, you know. We're not done. We're going. We're 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 grateful to be in this position. You know, we 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 won some close games and we're on our way, but we're we're not done. And um, you know, it was incredible, incredible emotional feeling, emotional journey for us during that stretch. You know, to have accomplished that, and especially for coach who had been to that point before a number of times and hadn't you know gotten through that. Um, I think for all of us, that was a really good feeling. So, all right, we'll fast forward. Georgetown, mm -hmm. national title game. You had lost to them twice, but played them tough that year, right? You played them tough. I think well, I think one of the games might have been an yeah. overtime game at your yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't like you had been dominated by them, but they had Ewing. I mean, they had Ewing. No offense, Eddie, but you, you <laughs> right? No offense. Look, we're like best of friends right now. I text him <laughs> after almost every one of his college games. Yeah. And uh, he's a terrific coach, by the way. He's doing a great he's job. A, he's a good coach, but like as a player yeah. and an NBA Hall of Famer. And, you know, I hope you don't get in trouble for me couching it this way. But most people were scared shitless of that dude. <laughs> he was like as fierce yeah. a player as they come. And like, yeah. I hear him tell stories about the players on his current team because you know some of them they all obviously know who he is but they don't know the fierceness you know his entry into college basketball coincided with Michael Jordan but Michael Jordan wasn't the guy it was like Patrick Ewing man and I tell guys who you know haven't been around a long time See that, like that dude? That was the dude. Was the dude. Yeah, he was the dude, man. <laughs> so, yeah, he was. 
Yeah. So you say that his fierceness, how intimidating he was, but you had got up against him enough at that point. Was there no intimidation factor in, in that game? Oh, hell no. I mean, like, I was like, I need, like, Jensen, Presley, both <laughs> McLean's had played against them in high school. So, like, I needed all of them telling me, like, yo, this is going to be all right. When you play against this dude, this is what you need to do. On top of, like, the coaching staff saying, hey, we're going to attack it this way. Because the guy was, like, the running joke for us was to watch them play against people out of our conference. Yeah. We'd just laugh because we'd say, like, boy, I mean, we can't wait until these guys see how how fierce this team is. And yeah. almost every game for four straight years, if they whoever they played against, the score at the beginning, like in the first five minutes, it was always like twenty to two. I yeah, mean, it was so just, intimidated. It, just game was over on the floor. They, yeah. right? I mean, that was the thing. It's like they were just mean, tough. Like, yeah, it was. It, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was like you're very you're physical just by walking on the floor. Well, yeah. no, like so. Here, this guy here with the hat on. And his teammate, <laughs> McLean, right? So, like, they had to bring the ball up. Like, get getting the ball up court was, like, Hard. a whole practice. Yeah, that what was it like, like Harold? Describe that what practice. that was like that game. So, I'll start it by saying that one of Coach Mass's, I think, what seems simple now maybe, but looking back on it, most brilliant moves, was putting us against eight people in practice to simulate what it would be like with the length and the the agility and the intimidation factor. And we would literally practice, you know, five on eight to try and get a feel for what it was going to be like. Despite all that, I still, I think had six turnovers that night. We brushed that, we brushed that aside. Yeah. Um, But, but they, they were incredibly, um, they were intimidating. I mean, that, that was a, you know, it, you had to, um, for me personally, I had to sum up every ounce of, um, passion and like energy and strength that I possibly could to go out there and say, this is going to be an absolute war because it was a war when you played them. It was an absolute war. It really was. It was super aggressive, physical, nonstop banging bodies, elbows. Like it was crazy. Crazy. It really was. I mean, it still hurts a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You've seen a lot of basketball. Yeah. You've seen a lot of practices. Eight versus five. That's awesome. Who That's does awesome. that? That's yeah. so good. I Who wish, does that? I wish I could have seen that. Like, we need we yeah. need tape of that. Like, eight versus five. Like, you'll yeah. go six on five sometimes, right? You might throw an extra yeah. body in there, but you're not yeah. going eight. Yeah. And, then the, and then the guy, like, if there's a turnover, the guys, Massimino, like, is in practice, like, how could you turn that over? Do you know what that means? I'm like, we're playing against eight people. This is crazy, man. I don't care. You got to bring the ball up court. You got to get it up court. I'm yeah. like, oh, man. Gary, hey, Gary was unbelievable in that. Yeah, he, did. I mean, he was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he really single-handedly broke that press – 90% of that game, with the exception of a couple times we helped and threw the ball up court or whatever, he literally cracked that pressure the whole game. 
I mean, you got like it was remark. Like you didn't miss shots. I don't remember what the final like. Didn't you shoot like seventy eight percent or something from the field that game? It was like an NCAA record. Yeah. Um, you didn't miss shots. Take me through, and Harold, I don't think you missed a shot in that game. Um, take me through kind of – and, Eddie, you were sick. Weren't you sick going in? I, I was about nerves. to mention that. It was that. nerves. It wasn't yeah. sickness. I was like – I was uh, – you know, when I got nervous, I start, I would always cough, man. And that – I was coughing my head up in that game. Yeah, he was having a coughing fit right before the tip. Really? Yeah. I was yeah. like, yo, this game – Against these dudes? Oh, my yeah. goodness, man. Billy, I, you know, aside from, like, Ewing, like, yeah. Billy Martin, like, oh, you know, all, we were all contemporaries and stuff. But, like, you had so much respect for these guys as players. And, you know, you're getting ready to play this game. And I got Billy Martin looking at me like, man, I am getting ready to get in your shit right now. I mean, yeah. I'm getting in your shit. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, oh, man, okay. <laughs> Here we go. So how, how did you guys win? I mean, looking back on it now, <laughs> like how did you guys – I mean, one of the greatest upsets in NCAA tournament history, we we know that. Um, as it's going on, when do you feel like, hey, you know what? We we got him here. I think we got him. When was that? Uh, Eddie, I'll t- just two seconds on, on Eddie. I, I think um, utmost respect to Patrick – um, Eddie played Patrick as well as anybody played Patrick, uh, if probably better than all, than everybody played Patrick. Um, and I think coupling Eddie's ability to score against Patrick, um, to, to make his offense difficult and, and then Gary's, you know, handling the pressure that night. It, it gave the rest of us, meaning myself and and Pre and Harold Presley and Dwayne McLean, I think it gave the rest of us the opportunity to pick our spots and you know find openings um, because the, the, they knew you know our goal was to try and get the ball to, to Eddie as often as we could to try and create foul trouble, all that, right? Um, <clears throat> but you know we we knew what we were up against you know and eddie said before about seeing other teams compete against them and kind of laughing at it and you know we we knew what we were up against if there was anything that we had as a as an advantage it was just knowing the opponent and eddie playing against patrick you know four years in a row um <clears throat> and we had a great front line like we eddie prez and Presley. Dwayne, like we had a real was a real front line we had a good front line, really yeah, no good question. front line, and super smart, super smart saying, players. You, like I like I opened with, you know, how the hell did you get a number nine seed? You had a really yeah. good team. You did. Now they just had, they had the name. They 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 had the intimidation. They it was Georgetown, right? It was Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the game, Eddie, I think right they they had the the turnover, um, right? Then they were turnover at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, Duane, yeah, Dwayne. Uh, well, it, I, I, actually, we were taking the ball out, and that was a whole sequence of crazy things that happened with attempted charges. But eventually, just we inbounded the ball, and Dwayne McLean fell on the ground and just started screaming, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, screams of joy and stuff. But uh, like, that's only when I felt like, all right, this is 
finally over because yeah. like, we, again, the last minute of the game, there were, you know, they were trying to win. And we didn't, it wasn't like we had this large margin or, or anything. I mean, we were still kind of focused in on the game and we had Massimino and the rest of the coaching staff telling us like, listen, keep going. Don't allow them to take this away from us. We have it, but we have to secure it. So, uh, you know, Dwayne securing the ball kind of told me, like, this is, this is it. This is, we we finally got it. Yeah. Give me the greatest story after that game. Whatever it is, the the coolest thing that happened to you, the party that 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 will forever be remembered in 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 infant, whatever it was, give me kind of the 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 moment after that game that will always stick out to you. You go first, man. Or, or you? Yeah, got no, I I um got so many so many thoughts. Um, I, I think getting back to the hotel, you know, each of the teams had their own, you know, hotel um, and getting back to our hotel and pulling up and seeing, you know, this, this throng of people outside the hotel waiting for us. Right. And it was literally, I don't know how many people were there, but it was literally, you know, a 50 foot walk between getting off the bus and getting into the hotel. And it took an hour. Really? <laughs> It took an hour, literally, for all of us as we got off the bus to make it into the hotel to finally see our families or whoever was there because that crowd would not let us go. Like, it was just one embrace after another and um, tears and high fives and screaming, and it was incredible. I mean, I will absolutely – it's another thing I will never, never forget is just that moment of seeing, pulling up and seeing that sea of people in front of the place – and taking, you know, an hour to get into the hotel. And then, you know, we kind of went room to room that night, <laughs> just yeah. visiting and, and, you know, partying and having a fun, you know, a fun time. I, I was calling people at four in the morning, <laughs> you know, from the hotel room and talking to buddies and all that kind of stuff. And it was just nobody slept. And obviously back on a flight, uh, the charter flight early that next morning and into Philly for the parade, which was incredible. It was a quite a stretch of 24 hours, that's for sure. Yeah, it was it was nuts. For me, like I have three things, right? So my dad, who God rest his soul, no longer here, but like sh- never showed any emotion like ever. Like was just and just the look on his face post game, so happy, mm-hmm. hugging my you know, the rest of my family members. It, you know, that was like a a memory I will always have um, with him showing so much emotion. Second thing, Jake, ne- like Jake Nevin was like our spiritual, like, yeah, yeah. You know, guy. Sure. like, I mean, <laughs> so like he at the time was sick. I love Jake Nevin. Man. I mean, he was just like, <laughs> he, he was always somebody who stands out to me. Like when I talk about my Villanova career, because he just made me laugh. He was yeah. fun to be around and, you know, so he was there and I was so happy to see him and stuff. And, and then Harold, you mentioned the third thing that parade was crazy. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you don't always get to go into a parade. 
I, no. I don't care who you are. <laughs> we're getting ready for this parade. So everybody's doing the parade thing and like we're on the float and you know, we're number one. You can't Amazing. that. You can't yeah. not many things prepare for that. Like you don't ever yeah. imagine that's possible, correct? Yeah. No. Yeah, no, you, you don't I mean, like maybe great NBA, but you never think the parade through in college. Like I'm on the float. I'm in downtown Philly. There's everybody you, I mean, it's just, it's, it really is. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people in the street, up in the windows, looking out of buildings, streamers coming down. I mean, it was the stuff that you watched on TV. It wasn't something that you participated in. You saw, you know, like you said, like you don't, especially in a pro sports town, you're yeah. not getting that. Who's getting yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, I think one of the greatest pictures too. One of the me- pictures, and I, I've, I've looked through a little memorabilia lately, but um, one of the greatest pictures is Eddie holding up the national championship trophy in right in Center City, Philly, and seeing the sea of people behind them and the guy, our teammates kind of gathered around him. It's just a, it's an amazing feeling. Amazing feeling. Listen, it, it was an amazing run. Uh, I appreciate you guys taking a few minutes. Uh, never to be forgotten. I mean, obviously not by you guys, but not by anybody. I mean, that was one of the greatest games, one of the greatest uh, runs. And, and again, I appreciate you guys taking a few and, and uh, reliving it.